Today, we're going over understanding remote viewing, astral projection, and out-of-body experiences. Now, why are we combining these three subjects? Most people talk about these subjects differently. We are combining them into a single subject because what most people do not know is that they are all one and the same. They are cousins of each other. And since they're cousins of each other, we're going to be explaining how this works and just the little deviation between one versus the other versus the other. And if you understand the concept of how this is done, some of this can be taught. Remember, there's three ways to have an ability. You can be born with an ability. You can be bestowed or given an ability or you can learn an ability. I have lots of abilities. Most of my abilities I was not born with. Some I was given and several I learned on my own. You need to learn a few things. So let's talk about uh, what we're going over today. So how do these things work? Most of us are limited <coughs> and we are limited because we have, you know, we have, we have talked before about this, the physical world and the spirit world and this world in the middle, which is not a part of each world, which is called neither world. So when we die or get unplugged at the Bible, say we give up the ghost. What our ghost is, what is a ghost? People keep asking, is a ghost a spirit? We have a semi-subtle semi-spirit body. is not a fully developed spirit. That's the reason when we're unplugged, our life force just form a little ball of energy. That's the reason people be talking about, they be seeing these little orbs of light. That's all you are once you are unplugged is a little orb of light. Okay, you understand? Now, most of the time, you know, how we operate, as I told you, uh, before, you know, if you understand chakra theories, this is why science keeps saying that our world don't exist. We're playing the video game of life. We're going to explain something that a lot of people don't understand. When you understand the chakras, we're going to explain it a different way. Most people believe, you know, you have your base chakra one, one, you have your, uh, you have your, your base chakra, and then you have your reproduction chakra two, then you have your solar plexus, which are three heart chakra four, throat chakra five, third eye six, and the seventh chakra is, is your spirit chakra. That's all good, but it's also not totally correct because your seventh chakra is actually your spiritual self. You are a puppet that you are using to operate in this physical reality. So you are that, you are the seventh chakra which is floating above your spirit body your physical body, and you operate this puppet or the video game of life through operating this physical body through your other six chakras. So what happens at night? At During the day, you, your spirit body, and your physical body is locked together. At night, when you go to sleep, you get separation, and you normally float a few inches away from your physical body. This is done so you do not act out your dreams and do sleepwalking. People who have sleepwalking do not detach. And they will actually act out their dreams. 
So what happens to most people, and you're supposed to, have this separation where you have a few inches away from your physical body. And what happens when you wake up? You slowly come back together and you lock, and then you wake up. Now, what is called sleep paralysis is when you come together and you don't lock, or you only get partial lock. And then you wake up, but you cannot move because your physical and spirit body is not synchronized. And then you have this sensation of trying to move, but you can't get your body to move, which is a very scary sensation. Yeah. I'm going to, any questions? Are we doing no, good? No, we're good. Okay. We're so good. I'm going to explain how to solve that problem. Okay. If, and that causes a lot of time when you're under severe stress, when a lot of things are going on. A lot of people that are moon sensitive have these trouble when, when, the, when there's full moons and all kind of stuff. But if you go to wake up and you come together and you do not fully lock and you go to move and you cannot move, mm -hmm. you need to just relax. And by relaxing, not fighting it, the gears will slowly come together and click, and then you can move. The more you fight it, the harder the gears clash, and the harder it is. And what happens if you fight it? You can get your hand to move, then you can get your leg to move, and then you work your way up. You're doing one click at a time, and then all of a sudden, you're like, oh my gosh. And if you ever experienced that, that's some scary shit right there. Okay. I've had that happen to me. It's scary. Oh, it's very scary. Very, very scary. So remember, do not mm -hmm. fight it because then the gears have to lock one at a time. Just relax, relax, chill out, and they will slowly lock, and then you wake up. Now, okay. we have discussed that. Okay, everybody's clear on that, right? Yeah, we're good. Everybody. Excellent. So that is sleep paralysis. So remember, most people, when they're asleep, they're only a few inches away from their physical body. They're just that space. But not everybody. Some people do more than a few inches. Okay, and this is why they keep, which we talked about before, when you have these cancer kids or these people, and I told you about that thing that was doing in Europe, where they were doing out of, where they were putting uh, signs on the machines to see if your consciousness is in your brain, because some people get further separation than a few inches. Some people will actually float to the ceiling and hit up against the ceiling. And that's the reason why, uh, you know, a lot of kids that have cancer or people, they show themselves on the operating table. They're against the ceiling looking down. And that's what was proven in Europe by them putting patterns on top of the machine. When people had near-death experiences, they asked them, did they see anything? And some of these people would say, I saw a square, I saw a triangle, I saw a rectangle. And if you're laying there on your back looking up, you should have seen, remember, we believe consciousness reside in the brain. If you are having problems looking that way, your, your perspective should be on your back looking that way. But a lot of these people had the perspective of being on the ceiling looking down. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's how they could see the patterns on top of the machines, which prove 
as we talked about before, that consciousness does not reside in the brain. That's why the brain is not mentioned in the Bible. That's the reason why, you know, in the Bible, it talks about having a good heart or a bad heart because they believe that consciousness resides in the heart. Back to the Egyptians. When for the afterlife, you needed your organs. So when they embalmed you, they embalmed all of your organs. They did not embalm your brain. They took a giant pick, went through your navel cavity, picked out your brain and threw it away. It was of no importance. Amazing. Okay. Maybe they knew something we didn't know. Okay. But uh, consciousness do not reside in your body. Okay. So that is what happened. And how your seventh chakra is connected to your body you have a small opening at the base of your neck where your spinal cord and brain meet. That is where your consciousness is connected. That's the reason why, I shouldn't tell you this, you never want to hit a person with a heavy object in the back of their neck. You can sever that connection and the person can go into a coma. Okay, okay. because you can break what they call the silver cord. You know. Now, so what some people do, they, when you're doing, some people when they're asleep do not get that few inches. They will actually float up to the ceiling and they will actually, you know, do that. Some people can even go further. And that we're going to talk about the first of the three. The first of the three is understanding remote viewing, astral projection, and, and, and astral projection. And the last one is out-of-body experience. We're going over out-of-body first. Out-of-body is when you have that separation of more than a few inches. Some people will stay on the ceiling. Other people go beyond that. And books will talk about an out-of-body experience, how some people can watch themselves sleep. And if you ever watched yourself sleep, that's a very scary experience where you had this dream where you're asleep and you're watching yourself sleep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, most people are incapable <clears throat> of doing this without some type of assistance. That's where you get into hallucinogenics, LSD, uh, ayahuasca, uh, peyote, uh, you know, DMT. Okay. But there's other ways of doing this. You don't have to do it the chemical way. People think you have to do it chemically. There's other ways of doing this without using drugs. That's the reason in Turkey, they spin around until they get super, super dizzy and they achieve that separation that way. That's why they spin. Okay. There's another way to get it too, which we might talk about later, but that's kind of crazy. Okay. But anyway, uh, we might come back to that or we might do a, a separate uh, thing sure. about how to do it that way because there might be some children listening and there's something called religious sex that we're not going to get into now uh, about how to take uh, when you're trying to reach climax and you can get that separation then. But that's, oh my gosh, that's we really don't want to talk about that. Okay. But anyway, let's just talk about this. My hands are getting nervous. I can talk about these other things. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, <coughs> so we was talking about out-of-body experiences. 
Most people just go to where they can watch themselves sleep. But a strange thing occur to a lot of these people when you're first doing hallucinogenics. You are watching yourself sleep or you're watching yourself staring at the wall. And you might do that the first or second time you do it. And then all of a sudden, you notice that you're not alone. There's another person there. And this person is trying to get you to go with them. And you go on a journey or a trip. You be tripping. Okay. We've talked about that before, right? Yes. You yeah. can go by yourself, but most other time it's kind of dangerous to go by yourself because if you go flying out the window like Peter Pan, you may not know how to get back. That's the reason a lot of people do guided trips where somebody flies in through the window and they take you places and show you things and they bring you back. Okay. And this is why, which is the danger of doing this. This is why if you want to do peyote or ayahuasca, if you want to go to Peru and drink to sip the tea, then you have to go through the spirit course, which takes a day or two to go through. And they tell you all this religious BS that people don't want to hear. I don't want to hear. I don't believe in that. Just give me the damn tea. The people that don't take the course are the ones who are yelling and screaming and hollering and everything like that because they don't understand what they're saying. The so, ones... Someone's what? asking, why do they do this separation? Why do they? Mm-hmm. And what is the purpose? Okay, the out-of-body experiences. Some people... Okay. The reason why some people like lucinogenics. Now, I'm going to tell you a personal story about myself. Okay. I got into this years ago. Okay. The reason I got into it is because... Some people, when you get into a very depressing part of your life and you can't see the forest for the trees and you think your life is over and you see nothing but all walls around you, you need to sometimes see that there's something beyond what, what you can immediately see. Okay. So back at another time, this was a very long time ago, I was married to a lady who got killed in a car accident. And my life stopped and I was very depressed and, and everything. And I was having all these problems. And then these readers kept telling me about my future. I didn't see no future. Only thing I could see was depression, pain and agony. I didn't see no future. I didn't see any life. I didn't see anything beyond that. So I needed to see beyond that. And I wasn't doing no LSD. I'm not sipping no damn tea. Okay, so I wanted to do it. I'm a rock man. I'm a metaphysical person. I believe in rock. So just like there's other ways, just like some people can do it in sweat lodges, just like some people can do it spinning around, I needed a way to do this that I could understand. And I bought a rock to accomplish this task. I bought a Malachite Azurite nodule for $50. Okay, and this was a rock that I bought. A very expensive rock. And I would sleep with this rock. And with this rock, I would watch myself sleep at night. Okay. And this rock, it was awesome. Okay. But the problem is everything. The problem with advanced stones, which is the reason even though I sell stones, I do not sell. I only sell beginner and intermediate stones. And we need to do another uh, class later on about rock. Because not all rock is created equal. 
And you can buy all the quartz crystals and rose quartz and the venturine you want and all the tiger eye. But when you're getting into the, the you know, the, the, the medium level stones, the fluorides and the, and the citrines and all that stuff and the aragonites and all that stuff, the more you get into the swing, the more power this way, but the more side effects you get, just like with Tylenol, you get into things that prescription strength. When you get into the advanced stones, the swing is awesome. And when you start getting into Motivite, Azurite, Lormar, Sujalite, anything that has that light on there, if you don't have a reason to buy that stone, you should not be buying it. Because that stone can do great good, but that stone can do great harm if not used correctly. You get what I'm saying? And with Azurite, the problem with Azurite, it causes separation. And driving under the influence of Azurite is not good because you are not, you're in the car, but actually your mind is somewhere else, okay? And oh, that's very scary, okay? And I, unfortunately, I have done that once or twice, and it is not a good thing because you just don't remember. You got in the car to go to McDonald's, and you end up driving halfway to San Antonio, and you're like, what am I doing over here? Okay, and you have no memory of... Missing time. Okay. And what you're going to tell that person you ran into that, hey, I was, no, I'm not high on crack. I'm high on a rock. Okay. They, they still don't care. Okay. But anyway, you got to be very careful with any of this stuff. Now, unfortunately, the place I bought it from didn't give me any instruction. A lot of times people go online and you can buy all the motivites you want and all this stuff. No instruction. And then you come up with these horror stories about I bought this rock and what happened to me when I was using it. Okay. So if you're going to get into this, you need to be able to talk to somebody and be working with somebody who can help you in the process. So let's talk about reason I needed to see because I couldn't see beyond my grief and my loss. And with this rock, I was able to see. And this thing flew in through the, started flying through the window and it would take me on trips. Okay. And it was showing me my future. And it was showing me all the things that I was going to be doing. And I was like, this is great. I can't wait to wait. I'm going to write. And it says, no, you're not allowed to remember because that's cheating. So when I would wake up, I would remember everything for two seconds. And then I knew, but I, so I would even put a pen and pencil next to my bed. bed. So the second I, I woke up, I would write it down instantly. And before I could pick up the pen and put it to paper, I couldn't remember. Okay. But... I could remember little comments that he was telling me. I never saw his face. I could only see the side of him and the back of him. But he would tell me when we're flying, watch my cord. Do not let my cord get tangled. These are the things they talk about in LSD and all kind of stuff. And unfortunately, with these out-of-body creatures, as we talked about before, when you get outside of your body in this world, you start coming across. Remember, I told you about these midway creatures. You start seeing when you're sitting there watching yourself sleep, it's that thing in the corner over there too. You get what I'm saying, don't you? Okay. There are things that live in this world. Okay. 
And you see things in this world that flies by or in, it's, it's a different world. And we, that's the reason if you're on that horse without a name, okay, you get what I'm saying? You are, you are tripping. And at first tripping, and people talk about this with the new fancy one they're doing now. They're doing DMT. And they talk about how great DMT is. And you can see the air. And you can see the wind. And you can see when people are talking. You can see the the energy going from person to person and all this stuff. But then they start talking about the weird stuff. About you seeing all these weird beings and creatures. And you're, you know what I'm saying, don't you? And at first, you have a lot of good trips. But the more you do it, you start having bad trips. And the more you do it, the more bad trips you have. Can Someone's asking, can yes. our, uh, our loved ones come to us? I did not see anyone I know in this world. See, we don't understand. Remember, this is this world, which is not the world of the living and not the world of, of the spirits is neither world or neither world. We know very little about this world. This is the world of ghosts, the world of these midway creatures. I told you this world used to be empty that the Egyptians talked about, the land of eternal reeds. That was this total empty world. Now this world between the spaces is a ghetto. This is where they show in these vampire movies where everybody's wearing these leather trench coats and it's never light outside, it's never dark, it's always this twilight thing and everything's looked like a beat up, ugly city. That is this world now. It's not the land of eternal reeds anymore. Now it's just a big, ugly ghetto with a lot of weird creatures roaming around. And that's why ghosts are always trying to find a place to hide because this world is weird. And we know 0. 0.00000 about this. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We can't even figure out the world we can see. We know nothing. You know, this. we know nothing. But when you're tripping on peyote, uh, ayahuasca, uh, doing smoke lodges, these people that do this stuff will tell you about, I come across these spirit guides. I come across demons. I come across these half animal, half people creatures. This stuff has been written in books forever. Okay. Okay, someone is asking a question. Yes. Um, how long can you stay out of your body? Okay, back in the LSD days. That's a, that's a good when people was doing LSD. Mm hmm I'm not telling you that you should do LSD. And that's when people quit doing it. When people were doing LSD, the more you did it, first it was good trips, you would get into more and more bad trips. And when a person was tripping and they're staring at that wall and they've been staring at that wall for two, three days, you was not supposed to disturb them while they are tripping. Okay, because if you disturb them and their body, you might make it where they cannot return. And that's what was happening to people that did a lot of LSD. A lot of those people did not return. They went into comas. And they would say they chose not to return because I'm going to tell you about what people don't want to talk about when you get into super bad trips. And this is what get people 
You have less of a problem with this with DMT, but especially with L LSD. This was a major, massive problem. Okay, bad tripping. And one time, bad trip for me. This is what broke my nodule. I flew back through the window one time with this creature. And normally when I flew back through the window, I, it's hard to say, but I would walk up to my body and sit within my body and I would wake up. Now, how do you sit within your body? I can't even explain. A lot of things, I don't even know where it's from. This one time I flew into the window, I was sitting there watching myself sleep, and I was just standing there watching myself sleep. And then this creature said, for some re reason, you know you don't have to go back if you don't want to. And I said, I don't. I don't have to go back. I felt so good. And then all of a sudden, in full color, I saw that they was pulling me off the mattress like a week later with these guys with suits on and they was wrapping me in plastic. And then I saw my funeral and my mom crying and my family there. And my mom saying it's all her fault. And I'm like, shit, shit, I better go back. And when I woke up, my nodule was broken in half. I survived the bad trip. And that's what is written in a lot of books about LSD. When people did went into a coma and died, a lot of times they would say the person was a coward. He promised me he was going to come back. He lied to me. You see him now. You don't want to get, you know, life is hell already. You don't want choices like that about do you want to come back or not, or do you want to do this? And those creatures start talking to you. And some things, when you go to bed in the morning, you just want to wake up in the morning. You don't want a choice about do you want to wake up in the morning. <laughs> you really don't want to go there. Okay. It's better that you don't have that option. Okay. Because life is hell. Okay. But was that a dream? Was that not a dream? But that scared the hell out of me. And my nodule broke in half. And within a few days, it crumbled into powder. I guess it was done. Okay. But I started to have a lot of those bad trips leading into that. One time I was at a, a, a place and I was talking to this guy. Me and this guy was debating something. And then in the middle of the conversation, I saw myself across the room looking at us talking. And I said to myself, boy, you're giving that guy a hard time. And in the middle of talking to that guy, I stopped. And he said, what's wrong? And I said, Everything's okay. And I walked away. And that freaked me out. How, if I'm talking here, what was I doing over there? And, and why did I say I'm getting... And, and, like, and I was like... See, those are bad trips. And this is what happens with LSD and these other things. You get into the separation between reality and fantasy starts slipping and sliding. And sooner or later, you start asking yourself, was that a dream or was that real? Or you don't know. And this is why some of these people said, you know, there's been cases where people have killed people and they don't know did they really kill somebody or not. In their dream, they choked somebody and they really don't know if that was that a dream or was that reality. Okay. You, you don't want to go there. Yeah, that stuff is...
Okay. Scary. And the more bad trips you get into, that's the reason people start walking away from this stuff. But, like with ayahuasca, for some reason, that's the reason if you want to go to Peru and drink the tea, you got to take the little religious course. The people that take the course, they drink their tea, they see the weird stuff, they experience what they need to experience, and they go back home. So people that say, I don't want to believe, I don't believe all this religious mojo, I don't want to believe what that shaman priest telling me, that's all a bunch of crap, just give me the damn tea. Those are the ones that's yelling, screaming, hollering, and okay, because you are not prepared for what you're going to see. That is why they need to talk to you. That is why people that do sweat lodges and this other stuff, they need to prepare you mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. Because once you get out there, you know, game over, man. You're just crossed into the twilight zone. Okay. So it's important if you want to sip the tea, if you want to try this, say, hey, that's fun. I want to try it. You need to go somewhere where they're going to take that time. You get what I'm saying? And some Indian group, groups will do this. If they're going to do a sweat lodge or they're going to do whatever, you have to take their little course first. And then you do the thing. You get what I'm saying? Okay. Someone's and, asking, did you feel good when you woke up? Good about what? Just did, how did you feel, I guess? After that up? experience? Yeah, maybe. Uh -huh. I wanted to know, was that real or not real? Did I really see my own death? Did I really, or was that just a dream? Okay. I, you don't know. This is the problem with all of these things. Mm -hmm. You lose, and that's the reason why I told you. You get in your car planning on driving down the street, and you end up halfway to San Antonio, and you're wondering... How did I do this? And you get what I'm saying, don't you? And what you don't want to do is do that and you get home and there's a dent in the side of the car and you're like, okay, did I hit something while I was... You know, I was or somebody. <laughs> or did I hit something or someone while I was... Okay. You, that's very scary. You don't want to be calling up the police department and saying, was there any reports of any, you know, hit and run drivers in the last 24 hours? <laughs> I might be the guilty party. <laughs> that's not funny. Okay. So this stuff is very, very serious. Now, we just covering, we spent a lot of time just going out of, out of body. But that's just one of the things. That is just separation. Now, that is the first thing. The first thing is a few inches. Some people can go further than a few inches, watch themselves sleep. Some people can do their little trips. Then you, that's all called out of body. Then you get into astral projection. Some people are so good that they can actually leave their body. They can go places. This experiment has been done in India dozens of times. You have these gurus in India who, you know, they're meditation experts. They can do everything. They can separate their body. They can do everything. They have done these tests a hundred times because they keep trying to prove that they're cheating. So they will lock something in a safe a hundred miles away. And they'll tell this guru to tell us what is in the safe. And that guru will go into a meditative trance. And he might be in a trance for four, six, eight hours. Mm -hmm. And when he comes out of the trance, he can tell you what is in the safe because he will tell you he went to the bank. He can tell you what the bank looked like. He can travel. 
And some of these people that can do astral projection, they can they can travel to Japan. They can tell you different places. Some of these people can tell you, I flew around the universe and I, I flew around the earth. I knew this one lady I met, which I've talked about several times, when she's worrying about her relatives or her friends, she can travel and visit them. And she can say, I was worried about you. I visited you last night and I wanted to make sure that you was okay. And they say, you wasn't here last night. Yes, you was. You was wearing that pink, uh, you know, a nightgown and you would, that's very scary. You need to lock her out and put some spiritual bars outside your door that keep her from coming in your house and seeing what you're doing. Okay. But some people can actually do this astral projection. They can project themselves and they have control. But gurus will tell you it takes years of mental preparation to be able to do that. Not only to separate, but to go and travel safely and to come back. Can Lynn Lipsy do that? No. Lynn Lipsy. And ever since my my ever since my nodule broke, I I have never had out of body before, but and, and a problem with that thing too. I was having a lot of uh, the problem of waking up in the morning and I couldn't move. I was having a lot of sleep paralysis problems. Since I got rid of that nodule, I've never had sleep paralysis again. All this stuff. So been there, done that. I'm not going back. You know. Someone's asking a question. Yes. What is it when you sort of fully relax and then your body can uh, sort of start to vibrate? They say it's the kind of scary feeling. Okay, because what happens sometimes <coughs> when you get into that shaking? Yeah. Especially when you're, you know, like what you do in some meditations where you try to raise your vibration. And as you start raising your vibration one level at a time, then you start the, you get what I'm saying, don't you? Okay. okay. Now, remember, your body your mental and your spiritual body is in sync. They're in synchronized. Just like with your car, your spark plugs and your pistons have to be in sync. When you start getting out of sync, your car starts jerking and everything. You get what I'm talking about? Okay. That, I've had that several times. What you need to understand is what if, you know, if you raise your vibration too, too high, you have to still stay synchronized with your body. You do not want to get to the point where you become totally unsynchronized. Because if your spark plugs and your pistons get totally off, you might blow a ring. I guess you could have a heart attack. I guess you could have a stroke. I guess you could go into a coma. I guess. Okay. You can find out. You get what I'm talking about? But what a lot of people do is when you start having that severe shaking is when you need to mellow out, calm Relax. down, and resynchronize again. Remember, the, the, the Buddhist way. We just supposed, that's what the yin-yang is about. You're supposed to be in balance mentally, spiritually, and emotionally at all times. Okay, and when you're out of sync, you need to resync yourself. And if you're doing this stuff where you're raising your vibration and you start getting into severe convulsions, you need to mellow out. Okay, you don't want to blow a gasket or anything like that. Okay, you get what I'm saying? Next question. 
can we learn to ask? So can we learn how to astral travel? Okay. According to these gurus and according to people, this is a technique. Mm -hmm. You can learn, but remember, what most people want to do, just like I tell people all the time about the movie Chucky, you know, instead of you taking years to learn how to do this, the lady going by the book about, you know, voodoo, voodoo for dummies, and she make a voodoo doll and the doll kills her. Okay, see, people today don't want to take the time. Back in the old days, if you wanted to practice the arts, the dark arts or whatever you wanted to call them, if you wanted to, to work the arts, you had to work under somebody as an apprentice for 10, 20 years. Today, you just want to go online for 20 minutes and call yourself a high priestess. You get what I'm saying? It doesn't work. What you want to do is go online, read this website for, for five minutes, and then you want to be able to well, project yourself to, to Japan and come back in the morning. Okay. You can go to India. They will teach you. But they say it takes years of meditative techniques. There are places in America that can teach you. But remember, most people don't have the dedication. They they want everything. That's the problem we want. We want to sip the tea and it's not that simple. You get what I'm saying? So yes, you can learn it. All psychic abilities can be learned. But you need, that one's going to take some time. So we went over two of them. We went into astro, out of body. Then we went into astral projection where you're taking your, so an astral projection, what you're actually doing, you're taking your physical body's asleep. You're taking that orb, which is your seventh chakra, that spiritual energy of yourself. And your orb is going to Japan. You understand what I'm saying, don't you? And your orb is going to Japan and it got to be back before your alarm go off at six o'clock in the morning because your body needs to wake up so you can go to work. Okay, if you can do that, okay. If you need to learn how to do that, but remember, your orb gotta be back because your body cannot wake up at six o'clock. And if your orb get lost out there, your body, just like your car, can idle for so long. But if a car idles for so long, it will go out. That's coma time. Is that kind of scary? Very scary. Yeah. So we have developed something new, which is the new thing that people are doing. That was first developed. We got everything we're doing from the Russians. And where did the Russians get it from? The Russians got it from the Nazis. Okay. The Nazis were doing it. And where did they got it from? Our friends. You know what I'm saying? They were dealing with those. They was dealing with a lot of alien groups and secret societies. That's what they're doing. But after World War II, the Russians stole all the German stuff. They was doing it. Then we find out that the Germans, I mean, the Russians was doing it, and then we decided to do it. So it's too scary for, you know, so this stuff, people are doing it for fun. You just want to go to Japan. The military's like, hey, if you can go to Japan, Iran is doing something. They got these underground bunkers that's 200 feet below the ground. Why can't you take your spirit ball and just go down there in that tunnel and see what they're doing down there? You know what I'm saying, don't you? Okay. That what is remote viewing is all about. And it's too dangerous to actually take your spirit self and go over there. 
Can't you just project your consciousness? We do not know in remote viewing, are you just, they say you're just projecting your consciousness. We do not know, is your little orb actually going there or you're just projecting your consciousness? It doesn't make any difference. But remote viewing works. And there's workshops you can take. You pay a few hundred dollars. They will teach you how to be a remote viewer. What is remote viewing for what people don't know? They can give you coordinates on a map. They can give you the coordinates of that bunker in Iran that's 200 feet under the ground. And you concentrate and meditate on that and you start drawing. And you can draw pictures of what's down there. And that's what we use and that's what the Russians was doing because the problem we have now with Area 51 and all these other top secret underground bases, um, the Russians know that we're working on a new bomber but we're keeping it underground in those hangars. And before we get that thing out of the hangars, the Russians already know how big it is, how fast it can go, how many this, how many engines it got. They already know everything. And we do, we're doing the same thing. Russia's building a new submarine. And this new submarine is built in a giant building and it's totally secure and we can't get a spy nowhere near there. And we use remote viewers. And by the time they pull that ship, that finished submarine out of that dry dock and let it know, we already know the tonnage of the submarine, how many torpedo tubes it have, what is the weight of it, how many crew members it's going to hold. We're cheating. Okay. Now, did their orbs actually go over there? Or did they project their consciousness over there? You can argue that. But it has been proven to work hundreds of times. And we know what everybody is doing in their underground bunkers because we cheat and we can tell you what they're doing. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? So, this is another reason why science keeps saying our world as we know it does not exist because this is technically impossible. You cannot see what somebody is doing halfway around the world in a bunker 200 feet below the ground. We do it every single day. You understand? It breaks every law of physics known to mankind. It breaks everything. It still works. We do it because it's not that our science is not keeping up with, you know, see, people have been doing this stuff for thousands of years. Sweat lodges, you know, doing those gurus been out there forever. We're now trying to explain this stuff scientifically. If we, if it takes us 20 years to write up a scientific theory on why this is working, it still works with or without the scientific theory. You understand what I'm saying? But this is what remote viewing is. But it's the same thing. But the only difference between remote viewing and astral projection. Astral projection, you're going to project yourself to Paris, France, and you're going to fly around the Eiffel Tower and have a good time. And remote viewing, the hell with the Eiffel Tower. You want to know what's going on in that underground bunker 20 miles outside of town. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Okay. But this stuff have worked. For a very long time, but scientifically, and if you type in, go to Google, type in remote viewing classes, there are classes that, and people has been given awards, and you can say, oh, that stuff doesn't really work. There are people that have awards from the, from, from the Pentagon, 
and they will show you. This one guy even had awards from Ronald Reagan and, and uh, you know, Clinton. You know, they was given awards for their service or what they did because they figured out what this new Russian missile, the war, the tonnage was going to be. And to get a piece of paper like that that you have stuck on your wall, you're doing something. You know what I'm saying? So, I am not into that. See, in the metaphysical world, it's a world out there. We have the same problem in the metaphysical world, just like the deep ocean. We know so little about what is going on in the deep ocean, but we like to pretend like we know everything. In the metaphysical world, we know nothing about nothing. Okay. And remember, the problem, why this is true, because I told you, we, we, have, a, we have a unique problem. Okay. And in a few minutes, we're going to go over our unique problem to let you know how big of a problem we have. I told you. There is the ultraviolet universe, which is massive. You have the infrared universe, which is massive. This is the universe of the light beings, the universe of those dark, crazy-looking things. Where these universes overlap is called the visible light spectrum. We live in the space between these two universes. We are the crabs on the beach. We are visited by all these creatures coming this way. We're visited by all these creatures coming this way. We see all this weird stuff. Just like crabs on the beach, they see there's no, on the beach, there's very little food. There's very little everything. But those crabs see everything. They see horses. They see dogs. They see, for, for Veterans Day, all these people went over there and trampled everything. And they thought they was being overran. And then the next day, they was all gone. And to the crabs, it didn't make sense. Why did all those people come over here and why did they all leave? And where did they come from and where did they go? And then they see all these sea creatures washing up on the beach. And where did these things come from? See, the crabs don't understand because the beach is not of the sea, is not of the land. So we see a lot of things in our little world. That's the reason science keep talking about when we look in the space, we can't figure it out. We're missing a lot of the matter is missing because we're the crabs. We don't see so much. And even if we could figure out the land and the sea, you have another problem. You have those things that come from the air, grab a crab and fly off. That's third space. That is what the Urantra, that's what the Necronomicon and these other weird books talk about. Things that live between the spaces. That's, we don't even have names. What we call third space today is hyperspace and all this stuff. And this is this world that they be talking about in these books. When you're in hyperspace, we believe hyperspace is empty. Okay. But hyperspace is not empty. There are creatures that live in this world between the spaces. You see how little we know? And we're just, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. This is the stuff, after I told you this, you need to drink a beer. Okay. Sip a little wine. Okay. I've been studying this stuff for 30 years, and this stuff is mind-blowing. And I know... 
nothing about nothing about nothing, but I know 200% more than what you do. Okay. And I still know nothing about nothing about nothing. So the best thing we can do is try to understand in our little limited way. But we know nothing about this purgatory world or this neither space world. And that's why in all these movies, when these creatures are wearing these long leather coats and they're in this world that's not light and dark and they're showing. See, we don't know what is going there. But these midway beings live in that world. That is the land where the ghosts live. That is the land of, you know, where these, there's a lot of weird stuff. And when you get into ghost hunting, especially when you get into demonic work, you start seeing very weird creatures. These things that look like snakes that super long that have like a human head and all kind of weird stuff. And you start seeing these draconian creatures, these things that have triangular heads. With, with, I can tell you about some stuff that will curl your toes. Okay. And... But a lot of things that I have seen and talk about, I read about in books when they was talking about it 500 years ago or 1,000 years ago, and we still know as little as they knew back then. And 500 years from now, unfortunately, we'll probably still know as little as we know now. As we, okay. And why we don't know anything? Because Thanksgiving is coming in a few days, and we need to prepare for Christmas. Okay. Nothing else is important. And plus, the Dallas Cowboys is playing this weekend. So, who cares about anything else? You know what I'm saying, don't you? If you, know, you don't care about nothing else, right? This is why man is not ready. This is why we will never be ready. Okay. Socrates said 2,500 years ago, once man's basic needs are met of housing, food, and shelter, that the human mind will start to evolve about what's beyond that mountain, what's behind that hill, why is the grass green? How come our minds don't evolve? Because, oh, there's Black Friday coming up, and we got to worry about that new toaster. Oh, and this, and, you know, Samsung got that new telephone net out, and okay. We never evolve. Okay. And Socrates said this 2,500 years ago, and we're not getting nowhere. So we have a lot of work to do. We got to open our mind. That's why I'm here every Tuesday and Thursday to poke you. And every week I'm poking you with that pen. And it makes you irritable because I keep talking about how dumb and stupid we are. And how I'm telling you things you don't know about. And it's like, where's he getting all this stuff from? And I just keep poking and poking because I'm trying to wake you up. You understand what I'm saying? We need to wake up and smell the coffee because if we don't, if we want to be one with our alien brothers, with, remember the gods are returning. We went over this yesterday. Or we, if we don't want to be one with them, we can serve them. But I already told you, serve, serving them sounds like slavery. We have a choice. We can be one with them or we can serve them. But to be one with them, we have to be as smart as they are. And we're definitely ain't going there. Okay. So we need to hurry.